Hey, this is a Hakawati production. Hey guys, welcome to a smoking hot episode of The Men's Room. We're talking today about legalizing cannabis for medicinal use. It's actually a very timely topic. Lebanon, which is in fact the world's third largest cannabis producer after Morocco and Afghanistan, is currently drafting a proposed legislation that would allow for cannabis cultivation and medicinal use, and that's set to be voted on the end of September. So what does this mean for Lebanon and how does it play to the broader regional context? Well, everyone, of course, has an opinion on this subject, but few people have the facts to back it up like our guest today. Fadi El-Jardali is an associate professor of health policy and systems at the American University of Beirut, and also the founder and director of the Knowledge to Policy Center. Thanks for being here, Fadi. It's great to have you. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you for having me. So your uh, Knowledge to Policy Center published a uh, research uh, paper entitled Legalizing Cannabis Cultivation, What We Need to Know, and Is Lebanon Ready? And that was about a year ago in August 2018. Um, and a couple months later, uh, the Lebanese government uh, shared with you initial uh, legislation that would uh, propose a new law that would legalize the cultivation and uh, medical use of uh, cannabis. And that commission that's working on this is headed by uh, the Amal Party, Yassin Jaber, and it's uh, been set up to study how the laws could be implemented. So Why did you and your team before that, let's start there, feel the need at the Knowledge to Policy Center? Why did you, your team there feel the need to produce this research? Yeah. So uh, thank you again for hosting me. Uh, the Knowledge to Policy Center, K2P Center at the American University of Beirut is a center that is really specialized to advise policymakers, stakeholders uh, 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 by using evidence to help them, give them suggestions and recommendations for the best policy options and choice that they have to take into consideration when solving a particular public problem. So we addressed several topics over the last many years. One of them is actually the uh, legalizing cannabis cultivation. So one of the criteria for K2P to intervene in certain policy suggestions uh, or policy problem is to what extent the, the problem is actually, the magnitude of the problem is large. It affects the public. It's contentious. Uh, there is some uncertainty about the evidence related to that. That's why we felt it's actually we, we are more responsible and actually responsible to provide uh, evidence to policymakers and stakeholders when it comes to this particular uh, hot topic, when it comes to uh, uh, legalizing cannabis cultivation. There is a lot of uh, confusion, misconception about this whole topic. And we thought our center would provide actually an objective, neutral, evidence-based advice to policymakers, legislators about how to tackle uh, uh, the issue about uh, legalizing cannabis cultivation in Lebanon, what other countries have done, what we know, what we don't know, and how we can take it from there. Why do you think this is all happening now? Well, there's uh, there's many reasons. I mean, one of the declared reasons, certainly, that if we look at the evidence, certainly uh, uh, cultivating uh, uh, cannabis for uh, medicinal purposes has some economic benefits. And there has been actually a study and assessment that was done by one of the consultancy firm uh, to show that, in fact, the the uh, there is a possible one billion dollar uh, type of right. revenue if we actually if Lebanon actually regulate and legalize cannabis cultivation. And, you know, Lebanon is actually facing some financial hardship at a different level. But this is what has been declared as one of the reasons. However, however, as we know, uh, in Lebanon, uh, the, there is already cultivation of cannabis. It's not regulated. It's, not, it's against the law. And the law is already... already it's uh, not against the law? It is against oh, the law. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is of against course. the law. But, you know, we, we, there is actually some area that is not 
uh, very much regulated, which means that some countries have actually went to about legalizing cannabis cultivation in order to, uh, to limit uh, as part of harm reduction strategy in order to decrease the, the, uh, the prevalence and the, uh, of people actually using this type of, uh, of plant for recreational purposes, but also to actually as one way to generate revenues and improve the economy. Yeah, because actually Lebanon has uh, one of the highest uh, public debts in the world. That's 150% of the GDP and a billion dollars in revenue could go a long way in changing those numbers. So it's it's a very serious uh, economic move, really. It's one, if we look at, again, how other countries have done it, including in the region, there is definitely the economic benefit argument always come, uh, uh, come to play. It's being put in the table seriously. I think the challenge, and one thing I should mention, Nadia, and this, I think, and people should know, there's no one common, unique, global framework to regulate cannabis cultivation. Every country have done it for different reasons, for different objectives. The purpose of doing it was different across countries because every country has its unique context, culture, tradition, beliefs, habits, etc., and also priorities and problem. But one of the uh, one of the common declared type of purpose, policy, objective that countries have actually dealt with in in trying to to raise awareness about cannabis cultivation for uh, for medicinal purposes, was the economic case, the economic case study that yes, this will bring a lot of revenue, and this revenue can be used as well to to improve economic growth in the country. And obviously, in Lebanon, this presents uh, certain challenges because it's a government that's been known to struggle with enforcing other uh, legislation that they've passed. Um, you've mentioned earlier, for example, tobacco laws. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it, in Lebanon, it's one of the one of the challenges we have. In fact, that there's a lot of good laws that already been developed uh, and partially implemented uh, or not over the last few years. The challenge of actually in any in any uh, policy arena, the the challenge is not to issue the law. Mm -hmm. The challenge is to issue an implementable law that can be informed and people abide with it. Uh, yes, we have a challenge about uh, tobacco control. Uh, we have the law already been, uh, been passed, it's implemented, but unfortunately the uptake of that law and the implementation enforcement has been challenging. So that's one side. Yeah, that's one side. So it's, uh, but and this is not only applied to tobacco. It applies yes. to actually many, many, some of uh, many laws that still, unfortunately, is not fully, uh, uh, fully enforced. So and which then, means, yes, sorry. Which Go means, ahead. in fact, the when the government start to think about uh, legalizing cannabis cultivation, careful attention should be given to the government capacity to regulate and enforce that law because some, the the default in the implementation of that law might have a serious harmful effect on the public. And that's why K2P tried to intervene by providing this rapid response document to legislators. And we sent it to all parliamentarians. We're saying that, yes, the economic benefits stands as a, as a, as a business case, but there are also other elements, implementation elements that should be taken into consideration when considering uh, uh, legalizing cannabis cultivation. And the economic argument, that's assuming that the funds are managed properly, which presents a whole other set Absolutely. of Absolutely. Uh, and one, one of the things that we put actually in this document that it's uh, if at some point this will be a go, it's good to act for the government to start thinking about earmarking the revenue that will be generated uh, from cannabis to actually address some of the social health problem in Lebanon. But again, it goes back to the capacity of not to collect, but also to earmark and to reallocate to address some of the challenges. And to follow through on those earmarks. Absolutely. Um, so 
let's talk about the basic uh, premise, which is basically what are the benefits of legalizing uh, cultivation? Yeah. Um, and what are the health benefits that medicinal cannabis offers? Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me let me just mention. I think for the public to understand that what we're talking today is about uh, uh, legalizing cannabis cultivation for for medicinal, medicinal purposes. purposes. Yes. I want to make sure that because there has been some confusion even among the Lebanese public, where they say, "Oh, among all the problems that Lebanon has, now we're thinking about cannabis." So, are we, do we want to make people put people or make people high? This is not about recreational use. This is about a heavy regulated industry that will focus focus only on on uh, cultivating cannabis, a uh, special kind of cannabis, for for medicinal purposes. But before we, we do so, uh, uh, Nadia, I think also for the public should know that there are four models in, in the world of how to actually to deal with cannabis. There is the prohibition model, which we already have. We have a law 673 that actually prohibit prohibit all kinds of things related to cannabis. There is the, the, uh, the second model, which is legislation for medicinal or medical purposes. And this is what we are actually discussing now in Lebanon, there is something called decriminalization of the people who are really uh, on on uh, on uh, have a drug addiction, and there is the fourth model, which is the personal use of cannabis for recreational purposes, which some countries, including Canada, uh, Uruguay, uh, U.S., others, actually are moving forward in that direction. So what we are talking about in Lebanon is model number two, which is really about uh, legislation for the use for medicinal purposes. Now, talking about medicinal purposes. Again, also the public should know that cannabis is not effective for all kinds of illness and diseases. I think they have to uh, know. If we look at the at the evidence that has been been uh, been generated generated to this, so the benefits of medical use, and this is really based on 12 systematic reviews that has been published, it showed that the medical use of cannabis was found effective only in reducing neuropathic uh, pain, pain and spasticity in multiple scleroder patients, and nausea and vomiting in patients receiving chemotherapy. So these, we have evidence to a certain extent that these, the use of cannabis for medicinal purposes is actually helping those type of patients, which means other type of diseases, still we don't have evidence that in fact cannabis, uh, uh, you know, uh, will will help address some of those pains and, and uh, dealing with some of those diseases. At the same time, we should also, uh, uh, the people should know that the harmful effect of of the use of uh, of cannabis for recreational uh, purposes of course we there is a strong evidence that show that the effect of using cannabis for recreational purposes alter the brain structure and function it increases the risk of depression anxiety and psychosis it also it has a, a many many type of uh, of influences like a, a risk for adverse pregnancy outcome uh, more of of uh, uh, different type of uh, uh, of, of cancers, etc. So I think people should know that that despite there are some, uh, you know, uh, benefits uh, for the use of cannabis for for certain medical medical reasons, still the harmful effect and the risk of using cannabis for recreational purposes is really high. Let me ask you this question. So let's say the law passed. Could doctors only prescribe cannabis for those? kinds of diseases for multiple sclerosis and uh, chemotherapy patients or would they be free to prescribe it for other uh, illnesses that have in that 
patients have said maybe that it relieves them, but there's no evidence. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a big risk for uh, when we talk about about uh, prescribing. And I think this is something, and I hope uh, certainly the other physician, other professional association will have a say in the draft law, because even if we look at the experience of Canada, uh, I would say that even uh, uh, although some physicians are allowed are eligible within their scope of practice to to prescribe cannabis for medicine purposes, even if you look at the latest evidence, even some physicians still hesitant, uh, and because they are not quite sure and have a conclusive, strong evidence about that the, the best fit to deal with this pain or these with, with certain illnesses and diseases is to actually prescribe cannabis. So so uh, my, my only take on that, I would say that physicians certainly uh, cannot or should not, in fact, prescribe cannabis for cases that there's no evidence behind it. I think we that's why the, we need to look very carefully on the clinical evidence. Yes, what I told you now are coming from 12 systematic reviews, and there is some good evidence related to that. But if if at some point Lebanon will start really even not only legalize cannabis cultivation, but it would allow for physicians to prescribe, we need to be very clear, uh, very clear and focused on what is the scope of that prescription, where it's being provided, how it's being provided, so we limit abuse and, yes. and, and, and misuse. Which is another challenge. Or overuse. So this is also, this is another challenge as well. So this $1 billion uh, in potential revenue, is this um, only based on uh, medicinal use inside this country, yeah. or does this uh, yeah. include yeah. Uh, possible exports? Yeah, no, thank the, you so of, much for raising that. And I think I have to say that the one billion, this is not number with that we work, and this is uh, came from a consultancy firm that work on that. Some people felt that it's a bit exaggerated, so we don't know the exact number in terms. So this is more of a speculation uh, or estimation. The uh, I think the. Uh, uh, the key here that you know the local market in Lebanon is too small for medicine. So meaning what that means, meaning the dependency here is mostly for exports. And when we say about exports, we need Lebanon should really revisit many of the treaties that they have actually already uh, signed with other countries. That's first. Second, they should create the demand from other countries to actually so they can export uh, cannabis uh, for medical uh, medicinal purposes to those countries. There is some kind of agreement need to be done. All this I'm. Hoping, and we flag this as well to the le- uh, uh, legislators, uh, and hope hopefully they are taking this into consideration when they are drafting the law. Because we need to create the demand for that, we need to create the market, and we need to make sure that there is an entity that is regulating that market in order to ensure that the cannabis that is being cultivated in Lebanon meet the international standard for for export. Yeah, actually, that brings me back to something you mentioned earlier, which that some of the negative effects of uh, cannabis is that it can alter your brain's uh, structure. So, so if you if you look at the, that's why you want to say if, uh, when when we say cannabis cultivation for medicinal purposes is regulated, meaning to ensure that the limit limit within the cannabis is not really providing a, a harmful effect. Uh, uh, to to patients, so this is really very important. Now, which means the one the existing cannabis that is being illegally cultivated in Lebanon does not meet the criteria. So, meaning meaning if the government will actually go and actually legalize it for medicinal purposes, all the existing crop need to be actually uh, uh, eradicated or smoked. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> I hope not. I, hope I not. meant with fire. So, yeah, but uh, but this this need to be reconsidered because yeah. it, so it can meet international standards. 
standard, which actually take us to an important point about who's going to regulate it, who the uh, company that will be allowed, in fact, to uh, uh, to uh, produce it, to market it. I mean, there's a lot of the implementation consideration that need to be uh, uh, taken into consideration. Uh, uh, first of all, again, beside enforcement of the law, meaning what is really what we're trying, there should be clear rules and procedures regarding cannabis harvesting, manufacturing, processing, packaging, labeling, retail, distribution, export, commercialization, and the quantity produced and, and the means of that use. So this is very, very important. In addition to the price regulation, Nadia, because if you look at the what's happening in Lebanon, part of it is really the black market, meaning you know the price should be given to a certain level high enough because you know the there is a price elasticity with cannabis meaning if definitely if people if the price is low many people and easy access people will start will start using it but here when we talk about farmers if we're going to legalize it the price should be high enough that does not allow any like any uh, interferences from the black market or any person that come to say and bribe the farmer. When you the say farmer. the price, are you talking about the wholesale price? Yeah, and or, um, or but the it price... should be the wholesale because this is really yeah. mostly for should be part of work and regulation under uh, under certain entity that oversee and governance uh, and govern that. It should not. We're not. Uh, Lebanon cannot. Uh, sell or use this and to sell individual uh, pack, whatever, like what's happening in Canada, because there it's for recreational purposes, here for medicinal purposes. So explain how that would work. How would it work? I mean, you have the, the farmer that's selling it by the, I don't know, kilo? Yeah, but we we cannot say about and who this is now. It, how what's the what's the how does this move through the market is what I'm trying to understand. But that's why that's why there, what I'm saying is that as part of the regulation, there should be an entity that is really oversee that is really responsible for the whole process from again from the uh, harvesting, manufacturing, processing up until it goes to the market, uh, uh, market if it's internal market if there's demand for that, but mostly for exports. Most of the if you look at the other countries around us like Turkey, like Israel, whatever, mm-hmm. they do it mostly for export. They don't yes. really use it for Yes, internal. Israel started in January, exactly. I think, of this year, exporting. Yeah. And Turkey, uh, have they started same thing, already? Same thing as well. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that we need to create uh, incentives uh, for farmers not to be to go into the black market and try to misuse the production and actually allow, allow illegal access uh, for people to use it for other than medicinal purposes. So that's why the, the importance of regulation. We need to create an incentive for that. Now, the reason why I'm saying this, if you look at, and I, I think people should know that, in, in the, the issue about cannabis cultivation has been illegal in Lebanon for many years. So if you look at the, at the, uh, at the trend, and I think you, uh, people should know about that, the the, uh, the in, from 1975 to 1990, the cannabis market has actually exploded due to the civil war. And then during the the uh, uh, the early 90s, so there was an assessment, and there was actually the international organization that came to help Lebanon. And at that time, they wanted to actually create more of an alternative. So the, the United Nations office uh, uh, also placed Lebanon certainly on the top five sources of cannabis cultivation. And then they started to actually to see how they can actually create an incentive for farmers not to actually cultivate uh, uh, illegal cannabis, but actually to use some kind of ropes that they can actually make make benefit from. But at that time, unfortunately, there was not 
uh, not strong incentive was provided to uh, to farmers. That's why, unfortunately, still still this is being done and is being done illegally. So one, I think, one of the reasons why government is thinking about uh, legalizing it is also as part of not only harm reduction uh, and also generating more revenues, but also to to transfer this market from illegal market to legal market. Because it's there anyways. Yes, it's there anyway. And it's there because it's worth noting um, that, you know, that most of, of the cannabis in Lebanon is grown in the Beka Valley, which yep. is very fertile ground. Yep. But hemp crops are very easy to grow and especially um, they don't need a lot of water. Right. And in recent years, there hasn't been a lot of rain. So it's made it an especially attractive crop for right. farmers, right. I imagine. Right. Um, so what what kind of incentives do you envision that would uh, kind of prevent the farmers from having kind of two separate uh, you know markets well i think it's uh, i kind of speak on behalf of farmer but if we look at the evidence certainly the issue about uh, you need to limit any perverse incentive for them before you would think about incentive you need to limit any perverse incentive for them to actually not to encourage this type of uh, implementation of law and actually go and try to work as part of the black market, uh, which means that, again, the, the they need to get financial benefit out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. One of that you will see many, many, and I'm not really advocate, I'm not uh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm uh, uh, you know, but, uh, but I know many of the farmers that are now in this illegal business, one of their argument is that we need to live, we need to make money. We don't have the, the government is not providing us with opportunity, uh, with fair, uh, fair opportunity. It's an excellent to, argument. But, uh, and that's one of the arguments they say, well, you know, we cannot stop because this is how we make our living. This is how we bring food to the table by the end of the day to our kids. Right. So I think we need to address those concerns. These are really legitimate concerns. And, and we need to address them in a way that there is no opportunity cost for the farmers to go into the legal market. If we limit that opportunity cost, meaning the trade-off, and the farmers are still benefiting the way they are benefiting now, but putting it and making it as part of the legal market, why not? Mm-hmm. At the same time, again, I'm repeating, we're talking here only about cannabis cultivation for uh, for uh, medicinal purposes, not for recreational purposes. You talked a bit about earmarks earlier, earmarking the revenues, which is kind of an ideal scenario to kind yeah. of not only try to reduce the public debt, but also to kind of use the any, you know, if you're making, generating significant revenue, yeah. it would be a great source uh, to do something positive. What are some of the things that you've proposed or suggested or other countries are doing? Yeah, we we, su- we suggested that the, uh, you know, if, if uh, although usually the uh, government don't like the word uh, earmark taxation, because there's many reasons why they sometimes it's, it's not a favored policy choice for them. But I think one of the one of the argument, and we've seen, for example, in many countries, let's forget about cannabis, uh, syntax. So, you know, putting uh, taxes on alcohol, tobacco and others. In some other countries, they earmark the, the revenue that are coming from there and they put it into other sectors that are really required some more. For In the case of Lebanon, the education sector is important to be doing that. So we're trying to actually raise awareness, address prevention uh, for you for for young people, uh, uh, in reinvesting it in primary care centers or primary care system in Lebanon. Uh, you know, in Lebanon, we, the, one of the highest burden of disease is the chronic diseases and non-clinical diseases like cardiovascular diseases, like cancer, like uh, like uh, uh, high blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, all this type. And there is a lot of investment need to be done as well to address those preventable, I would say, uh, uh, diseases. Uh, mind you, at the same time, also uh, in terms of... of uh, 
uh, trying to uh, to to build more awareness for citizens. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, my uh, one of the recommendations we put in this product that before you legalize or while you're doing this, you need to build a lot of awareness uh, among lay people and citizens about all what we're talking about here. Uh, people should know that this is really a regulated industry, this is for medicinal purposes, but most importantly, the youth should know about the harmful effect of recreational and unregulated use of, of cannabis. This is very important. And I have to say there is a, there is a major problem in Lebanon and uh, other countries. Because of that, the, 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 uh, the prevalence of, of, uh, of drugs uh, uh, that, uh, that in the hands of uh, people really, uh, you know, could be uh, young people, people in schools and others. Uh, and these are really major, major uh, uh, problems that affecting not only the health of those people, but also society in, it, in itself. So I think we need to address that as well as part of the broader, broader context and rather than only focusing on the economic benefits of cannabis cultivation. That's actually very interesting because people would assume, you know, oh, they're going to legalize cannabis, that that usage will go up. But in fact, if you're using the income from that law to educate people, you end up reducing the, the drug use. So absolutely. that's actually one of the benefits that people don't think about. Yeah, And we've seen it as people, yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point, uh, Nadia. I think uh, we there is no conclusive evidence at all that shows if you legalize that the the consumption will increase. Contrary to the fact, even now in Canada, although still there is no hard evidence behind it, but they're starting to see a reduction of use among youth as a result of the regulation. Uh, now, they are seeing a little bit, uh, I believe, some increase in consumption among senior people. But but still, this is a regulated this is a regulated industry. Uh, um, but uh, but certainly, if people I think there is a misconception that you know if we legalize, meaning the consumption will increase. Uh, no, there is no evidence behind it. However, what I would say, if we legalize but we don't regulate it very well, meaning we allow black market to operate, yes, it might lead to overconsumption and it might lead to harmful effect as a result of the use or the misuse of this type of cannabis. And actually, this leads to the, the next question, which is, what about the drug lords, the people who are kind of operating the illegal uh, you know, crops now? They have their own systems in place. How difficult would it be to kind of get them to like play by the rules? They're used to kind of having their own, you know, uh, it's almost like they rule their own, you know, little world. Yeah. And it would yeah. be difficult for them maybe to, you know, uh, be... Uh, diplomatic and and uh, law abiding is this is this a challenge? It will be a major challenge. It will be a major challenge if the government, uh, regardless of whether Lebanon or not, if the government is really weak in terms of enforcing its laws and making sure that this law is really have have a, a good receptivity among among the people that will implement it. Certainly, we will see unfortunately defaulted, and we will see that this law might not actually succeed in real world type of, of a system like in the case of Lebanon that's why um, uh, what one of the things that we mentioned in the in the um, uh, in this document that you know a wide a, a wide consultation and stakeholder involvement should happen as a result of this of this the drafting of the law we need to address those tough questions what think, has been the response so far from those people 
Now, again, I believe there is a committee that is really working that. They took, uh, they, as much as I can, my understanding that they are taking input from different entities, including from K2P and others. Uh, but I'm hoping that also they are a part of their uh, drafting or consideration of that law is the consideration of really how to actually get everybody on board to agree and support this uh, uh, this uh, law if it will happen. Again, if, and this is a, there is a big if. Uh, uh, second, if uh, this will actually, uh, the law will be implemented to what will be the chances of say successful implementation and how we can make sure that the people that are benefiting unfortunately benefiting from the illegal uh, cultivation level particularly farmers they are not being disadvantaged instead is really that this can be creating an environment for them uh, that that to to not only transform this cultivation from illegal to illegal context but more importantly also that they benefit economically as well uh, particularly that this is the argument that they use of why they are involved in this illegal market absolutely so what about other arab countries in the region do you have any idea Um, if if they would be if they were would this have like a domino effect would they be do you know if there have been any discussions as to whether they'd be interested in maybe making uh, medicinal use legal in their own countries so that that would you know open up the market in terms of export yeah I think that, that this might happen absolutely if we look at currently now in the in the region itself so uh, mostly and I'm talking about uh, Arab countries so there is uh, there is definitely Lebanon but there is also Morocco so Morocco Uh, it's, not, it's, still, it's still illegal, uh, certainly, but there has been a lot of debate since 2012 in order to actually how to make this more of uh, 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 regulated, uh, legalize it, uh, also for medicinal purposes. But there has been a lot of uh, political, social and cultural challenges that impeded any efforts to actually move that into into that direction. However, what I would expect if Lebanon would actually uh, legalize cannabis cultivation for medicinal purposes, I would expect other countries that actually will look very closely at the Lebanese experience. Now, if we're talking broader than that, uh, certainly Turkey already has been there. This has been there. And in 2018, there has been a new also law to support uh, export and cultivation. Same thing in Israel, which is actually, it's uh, there is a major company in, in Israel that actually they are exporting this outside their market and to actually bring uh, economic benefits for that. But again, there is no one size fits all. I think people should know that. Not necessarily if Turkey have done it that way, meaning Lebanon can do it that way. Or if Canada have done it that way, meaning Lebanon can do it. Every country has its unique context. Uh, I think serious consideration should take into consideration the political context, the economic context, context, the social uh, context, and the cultural beliefs and attitudes of people should be taken into consideration when we actually think about contentious uh, a law like the legalizing cannabis cultivation in Lebanon. So if Lebanon adopts um, this law in the end of September or in the next few months, it'll be, as you said earlier, one of about 30 countries around the world that are banking on the medicinal marijuana market, essentially. So ultimately, what are you hoping will happen for this particular uh, yes. project but I would I have to say and I was asked several times before is your center is K2P or do you actually support this uh, law or not I right. think the question was really is we cannot answer this question in a in a, in a very neutral uh, neutral way. I think we have to take context into consideration our serious concern in fact I have to say is the uh, implementation enforcement uh, and creating the market for that and making sure that we actually f- not only uh, legalize and illegal 
legal market, but make sure that we this part uh, this can be considered as part of a broader picture, which is harm reduction, harm minimization, limiting access to illegal drugs in Lebanon, solving the issue that actually youth are facing when it comes to to drugs, raising more awareness among people that about the harmful effect of those type of uh, drugs, etc. This is what I'm hoping for as a result of that. The economic case will always exist, but you know we all know that economics is not the only. It, it's just one input into the decision-making process. There are other factors that come into play. Lebanon has certain challenging contexts related to that uh, that need to be considered very, uh, very closely. And the question is, again, that comes back is that if there are some existing, uh, you know, common sense law, like uh, like uh, uh, tobacco law, still the government is not really able to regulate it. You mean like smoking it. in restaurants or public uh, yeah, areas, which public, obviously public, no one respects yes, that, those laws. Yeah. Unfortunately, but I think we need also to address those bigger questions. We cannot only look at this law in, in, in isolation from the broader context. We have an issue of Lebanon about enforcement, and this is a political decision, and this has to be considered within the broader context. Otherwise, there are the big, big, uh, serious concerns about uh, about failures, and the failures and the failures have a very much, very much harmful effect to the society. That's what I'm trying to say. The 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 failure in actually regulating and enforcing this particular uh, law will certainly create a bigger problem than the problem that they are trying to solve. And that's what we're trying actually to raise the flags for them to consider. Based on your interactions with policymakers in Lebanon. Do you think the Lebanese government is competent enough to oversee this rolling out and implementation and regulation? Of well, this certainly. Law? I mean, if we all know that, I think uh, I think it was. Uh, uh, if, if we talk about this particular law, I would say proceed with caution and really proceed with caution. I will underline the word caution with that. Uh, uh, so this is, but it doesn't mean that they should take that out completely from the table. It's their right to bring to the table, to discuss it, to deliberate about it and see how best to go about it in the in the contact level. And my worry is that the government is really bombarded with so many different tough uh, uh, policy problem and challenges that we have in Lebanon, from the economy to the to the uh, security to all this type garbage, of stuff, uh, to garbage, electricity, uh, and there are really some major major uh, uh, you know uh, challenge policy challenges on the table uh, of the government. My worry is that that uh, that because of the of the weak capacity of the of the government uh, uh, to actually address many of those contentious issues, that this might be an added. Uh, added thing to their to the table that might even cripple the government of tackling those tough uh, tough issues. So my worry is not only for this law. My worry is that you know the status quo is not an option anymore of how how government is looking at the existing policy problem and challenges. We have to have a serious serious look at how we are making decisions. To what extent decisions are being made on ev- being made on evidence or based on evidence. To what extent those decisions are actually leading to the to the uh, uh, to a good successful outcome to limit the political interference and corruption because one of the major issues that we have in Lebanon, the, some of the tough policy decisions has not been taken because of vested interest. And the vested interest within the political system definitely it crippled the government in making an effective uh, decision. I'm hoping that this uh, this draft law or this law, if it will become a law, among others, that there's, uh, there is really no political interest in it, more than really a, 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 that they decide that this mm-hmm. is a policy, good policy choice that will actually bring benefit to the country, limit the risk, r- limit the harmful effect. But again, the issue, the 
your question, Nadia, about the government is not only is not only related to this particular uh, contentious topic. Uh, it is about serious consideration of governance, how we are governing this country. Do you think there is already vested interest in this uh I honestly, I don't have any. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a person that talk mostly about evidence, and we lead the center that actually speaks about it. We don't have any evidence about that, and we don't have uh, actually any, uh, uh, you know, any type of information that. But we're saying that. I'm hoping there is a full transparency uh, uh, in terms of the process of the deliberations that happening, how it's being considered. Uh, we all know in any government, in any in any country, there's always things sometimes that might happen. Not necessarily everybody know about it. Sometimes it might happen be, be be you know behind closed doors. But I'm hoping that uh, I would be seriously concerned if there's any political uh, benefits or or interests out of this uh, because this again because of the harmful effect of the poor implementation. So it could be harmful, but if there was already no uh, vested interest, if it's kind of a fresh start where there's not too many people within the government already involved and you kind of have this new fresh start and uh, more oversight, it's better controlled, it could also possibly be kind of a turning point that allows the government to kind of uh, empower themselves to then go on and use this as a positive movement towards solving the other problems. Yeah. So that could be a positive way of looking at it. Well, I, I hope. I mean, it, I mean, it's uh, yeah. ideally, yes, it would be. Yeah. It would be good to look at it that way. But I think knowing the history, knowing the context, uh, knowing the current reality, I, I, I'm not. I'm not very much optimistic mm. uh, in terms of the way you're looking at it when it comes to looking at it. But uh, I think one uh, one uh, one uh, interesting thing that the government now is pressured to consider seriously the budget for 2020. Uh, because of all the you know uh, the ratings and all this type of stuff sure. and the what's happening to the economy and maybe this could be a good argument that can be brought up but again this cannot be this can come with a bundle with serious serious uh, policy reform that need to be done in Lebanon this cannot be an exception while all other policy choices or problems hasn't been tackled very well it, we have to look at it as a bundle as a basket of serious reform uh, that is really based on the uh, public interest uh, and that is really based on evidence that can transform this country and to go into the next phase. Yes. Well, let's hope it won't all go up in smoke. I, I, I do hope so. I do hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it was great having you. Yeah. Somehow this conversation has made me a little hungry. I feel like having cookies or yeah. sandwich. What about you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think about legalizing cannabis for cultivation and medicinal use, of course. Leave your comments on hakawadi.com and don't forget to subscribe while you're there if you haven't already. Take it easy.